0: God is good All the time What day is it today? Today is 23rd, Tuesday. Happy, happy Tuesday Uh, Bible study Uh, My name is Mike. If this is uh, your first time watching online, thanks for joining us online as well Uh, Yeah, you all found parking. It's easier today than it was on Sunday I think Idaho Street technically is closed, and I looked out Sunday morning, and everyone is parking along there, and on the other side is the, the streets all torn up, and I'm like, hope, hopefully when we back out, we remember that it's torn up over there. Uh, y'all done good, so thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, let's pray. God above, the snow is melting. We just ask for prayers today for those who had names to lift up. For family members and friends close to our hearts, we know that you listen. We know that you care. So melt away our worries and melt away our fears and melt away our doubts that as we read your word today, we remember that we have a home in you, whether in this body or in the, in the hereafter, that we are always, always going to be with you. It's in your son's name we have this hope. Amen. We are in Second Corinthians chapter 5. Uh, again, a fairly short chapter. Anytime Jacob can get it on one page, tells me it's a short chapter. Awaiting the new body. Uh, Paul is writing to the Corinthians about uh, what, what could be coming in, uh, in, in store for us in heaven. Uh, there's four paragraphs. We're going to take them each paragraph at a time. So let's do verses 1 through 5. Awaiting the new body. For we know that if the earthly
1: tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven, not built by human hands. Meanwhile, we groan, longing to be clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling, because when we are clothed, we will not be found naked. For while we are in this tent... We groan in our burden because we do not wish to be unclothed but to be clothed instead in our heavenly dwelling so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. Now the one who has fashioned us for this very purpose is God who has given us the spirit as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come.
0: For we know. So the uh, for we know it, this is a continuation of the, of the previous chapter. Uh, if you might remember from last week, it was, it was all about glory, the glory that we have now versus the glory that we'll have later on. Paul has just contrasted our, our light affliction with a, with a more exceedingly eternal weight of glory. Uh, now Paul is going to write about this contrast between the earthly and the, and the eternal. What are the things that disappear in this life and what is immortal? Uh, in this in this discussion, Paul is bold enough to say, "We know. We know Christians can know that what the world uh, beyond this one is like because we know what God's eternal word says." And he calls he calls our uh, the, this body a, a tent. This is our earthly tent, and if you want to talk about the uh, uh, the most transient of, of of dwellings you could have, a tent is about. As as, as as cheap as you can go. Temporary structures. If the tent is destroyed, we still have an earthly hope, a building from God, not made with hands, but eternal in the heavens. Uh, destroyed, he he, it, it, he kind of has some fun with the Greek here, and uh, this will be one example. Uh, the word he says for destroyed is the same word that they use for striking down a tent. Uh, when, when you strike down a tent, uh, there's a word for that in Greek, and that's the word he uses uh, for, for the human body. Someday God will strike the tent, and we will receive a new building from God, uh, a place to live through all eternity. Uh, many people have a great fright about what's to come. I remember uh, my grandfather. He was always a person of faith, and his, in his last week, yeah, I could just see the fear in his eyes. That uh, I, it's one. It's one thing I believe up here, and then we'll, oh, when it's really about to happen, it can be scary, can't it? Yeah, I've never lived it, so I can't experience it. Maybe some of you have had close loved ones have that kind of feeling. Um, I hope. I hope that when I go someday, uh, when I'm surrounded by my kids, my grandkids, my great grandkids, my great 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 grandkids, <laughs> that. Uh, you, know, you know my grandpa lived my great 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 grandpa lived till one hundred and four so he's my I got i gotta i gotta beat him yeah uh of course I also know people in their nineties uh some people in their nineties are like you know i'm good i've 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 done everything i need to do and I, i'm I'm ready uh so it's all personal on 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 how we face that uh there's there's two dates that we never that we, that, we'll never, that we don't have memories of. We don't have memories of the days that, we're, that we were born, and we won't have a memory of the day we die, because you know, where the brain is, the memory won't be there. Uh, but those are two important dates, of course. Uh, but Paul says we don't... Uh, he views the worst thing that can happen in, in, with, with such complacency that uh, he likens it to it's just striking down a tent. It's Something's going to happen to all of us. Uh, but what, what is waiting on the other side uh, is more glorious than, than what we could possibly have here on earth. Uh, this means that we're more more than our bodies. And explains why Paul can consider all the pain and discovered in his body a light affliction. Um, a house made with hands, eternal in the heavens. Our future bodies are not made with hands. That was that was a question of the day when when you 're resurrected do you just become a spirit do you become an angel Is there a body is, are you, are you just just a ball of light floating through the air and the New Testament is pretty clear we we have bodies we have resurrected bodies i don 't know what they 're going to be like I got some ideas what i 'd if, if I could tell god what i 'd like i got i 'd like my hair back I'd like that i' like you know there's 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 there 's a laundry list of things right uh On the other hand, uh, if if I saw my dad with hair up there, he wouldn't look like dad. So uh, I know God's got it figured out. Uh, For the longest time, cremation was not a good deal uh, because, you know, you're going to get your body back. It's going to be ash. Well, if you die 2,000 years ago, your body's ash and dirt now. So cremation just kind of hurries up that process. Uh, I don't know if it's a West Coast thing. Uh, I'm totally off script here, but cremation out here is a lot more prevalent than other parts of the country. I don't know if you've experienced that or if it, is it just a changing of the times? Uh, like one in 10, when I was in a uh, pastor in Nebraska doing funerals, one in 10 maybe were cremation. Now it's, I don't know what it is out here. It's over 50%, I know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, my wife and I—that we say—that's the way that we're going to go someday, and, uh, and yeah. But but the fear is, if if, if you're if you're going to get a body, if you're going to get your body back, you kind of want it to be in pretty good condition. Uh, and so those who were lost at sea—it was it was sad. Uh, those who died in, in tragic circumstances of, of of where your body didn't make it through—it was uh, a violent death. Uh, it wasn't so good, uh, but Paul tells us that the bodies that we get is not going to be made with human hands. In other words, God's going to do it, and it's just going to—it's going to be okay. Can you turn to your neighbor and say, "It's going to be okay"? In my father's house there are many mansions, rooms, some, some. Dwelling pl- it, it, The actual, the actual Greek is is uh, dwelling places, like small little apartments. Uh, but with the promises that we have in Scripture, mansions would be a good, good word for it. Um, <laughs> if God can make all of this earth in six days, imagine what He could do for your room, and all the time that He had to make get ready for you. Right? Uh, it's 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 gonna be good. Salvation isn't just for the soul or spirit, but for the body also. Resurrection is how God saves our bodies. We have a glorious new body yet to come. Uh, but right now we groan. We groan. Can I hear a groan? Yeah. We see the limitations of this body. <laughs> Remember when you were in your 20s? No limitations at all. going to live forever. Uh, now, now, Now I wake up and like, Oh, I'm bleeding! How did that happen? Like, what did I do? Like, uh, body bodies don't, they don't last forever, uh, and we groan, uh, and we groan because we earnestly wait for the new body uh, to come. Many of us, though, are not earnestly desiring heaven. Uh, we want heaven, just not yet, and that's that's probably healthy. Once. Uh, when, when, uh, God, if the whole point is for us to make it to heaven, then why do we have this middle place to go? Is this training ground? Is this a weeding out process? Uh, And I had a kid once, Pastor Mike, what's the point of living? And The best answer I could say is living. Uh, This is a gift from God. Enjoy it. Enjoy creation. Enjoy your days. Don't waste them. I uh, told, a, told a buddy of mine a while back um, If you got to go back If you got to go back to, let's say When you were oh, 15, 16, something like that uh, Magically transport you back What would you do? What would you do if you had one day? What would you do for a day? Let me ask you If you got to go back uh, to, a, to a teenage day A day in the life of you What would you do for that one day? Play baseball again Remember what running is? Yeah. (laughs) Go roller skating. Careful, careful. Yeah. Back back when you could bounce. (laughs) When I learned how to roller skate, I never learned to stop, so I always used the carpeted walls. Just you know, just run into the wall at nice speed. Yeah. I'd call my grandpa and grandma. I'd do that. Walk around the town. What I just said, hey, this is a gift. I get to I get to go back to 1980. This is, I know I'm old. 1983 as so I was uh, I was 10 years old. Uh I'm going to sit down and watch watch all the mash I can. WKRP. Or would that be a waste of the day? Be a waste of of the gift, right? I think about that today. How am I going to waste today's gift? So when Whatever, whatever days you get, enjoy. Yep. Earnestly desiring to be clothed, uh, we, so sh- we shall not be naked. Uh, long story short, Paul is saying when we get to heaven, we are not going to be well. Two things: we're not going to be naked. That's that's good, and uh, but we will not be bodily spirits. We won't be floating orbs. We won't just be something ethereal out there floating in the. Uh, in the spiritual verse, uh, but you'll you'll ha- you'll have body. We'll have a purpose. Our purpose is to love, praise, celebrate. Yeah, yeah. Uh, whatever whatever brings you joy here will be joyous there. Yeah. Pastor Mike is there food. I don't know. <laughs> I know we don't have to eat, but man, it's, it's a joy. Jesus did call it a banquet. That gives me hope. Yeah. Yep. In my father's house, there are many rooms. And my joke is that's good. There's some people they don't want a room with. You get your own place. Yeah. Uh, the Greeks of the day thought, um, they, they, they had mind, body, spirit mind body spirit the highest of them spirit next highest one is mind body uh, so so as you, as, you, as you as you go on through life you, the the goal is to to get rid of earthly things you know get smart uh the philosophy of the day this is the time of aristotle socrates plato all them uh The philosophy of the day, and then someday we will be free from all this, and we will be spirit. And Paul says, "We got it. You you, you can't get rid of. You can't get rid of one. You can't get rid of two. Where it's all in there. Mind, body, spirit. In heaven, you're going to have mind, body, spirit. Uh, To God, the body itself is not a negative. Uh, It's just what we've done with them every now and then uh, is is a negative." Uh, if it was something evil, Jesus would not have added humanity to his deity. Yeah. Uh, this mortality will be swallowed up in life. Uh, this is some of the, my, my funeral liturgy. Uh, we, were made, we, were made for, we were made for life, to be further clothed. Um, in, I, I read this story once in medieval times. Some Christians who had never been monks we buried in the clothing of a monk. So at the resurrection, when the trumpet blasts and all the bodies come out, they're dressed like monks, and the angel will give them a pass. Well, very good. Come on in. <laughs> You're good. Uh, but Jesus offers us a far better, far better garment. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Last one on this. The guarantee. What's, a, what's guarantee mean? Certainty, assurance—it's part of a promise. Uh, the word that Paul uses here for guarantee is what the, the uh, in the modern Greek, um, uh, arabon. I'm trying to remember what it is like A-A, it's A-A-H-R-B-O-N-N, arabon. It's the same word for engagement. If you, when you get engaged, it's a guarantee. Uh, Jesus gives us the spirit uh, as a guarantee of what's to come. What I say is true.
1: I visit my little 99-year-old friend very often. And we get into a conversation every once in a while. And she's very sincere in her question, why am I still here? And she said, I don't have an answer for that. And I said, well, there must be a purpose and after I'm asked that several times in that one visit, sometimes I just say, maybe you're here to look after me. I, I don't know. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to help her with that. Sometimes I think she wishes she wasn't here because it's not fun anymore.
0: Yeah.
1: And I'm so sad when, as I know I will too, our mind goes away and not, not reality anymore. But that—that's a hard question for me.
0: Who? Just tell—just tell her who would I have to visit if you weren't here? <laughs> yeah. You bring me joy. You bring me peace. Yeah. My grandmother, who just passed away a few months ago, I, she was ninety-eight, and uh, yeah, in the last couple of years, she'd wake up in the morning and just say, "Dang it!" <laughs> like, every, maybe, maybe, maybe now, maybe. Uh,
2: the last about 6 months of my mother's life and she was 95 and very much ready to go we would go visit and she'd say honey why isn't the lord coming for me i am so ready why isn't he coming for me and i would say well mom you know He's got mansions he's building for all of us, and yours just isn't ready yet. Oh, there you go. Oh, oh, okay. So that would be good for about a half hour, and then pretty quick. <laughs> Why isn't the Lord coming for me? I'm so ready. What's his delay? And, and then I would tell her the same thing. But then we did tell her, you know, you can't go because we don't want you to. You're here for us. And that seemed to settle her down for a little while. But I can understand... When you're 95 years old and you've done everything in your life, that you, I think you are ready for the Lord to come. You know, I'm ready for him to come right now, the way the, the world is right now. And, um, but anyway, I wanted to share that with you, that that's what I told her, and that seemed to suffice a little bit.
0: <laughs> I should have taught my grandma the swing low, like swing lower, swing lower. <laughs> oh. Bless her heart. All right, verses 6 through 10, please.
1: Therefore, we are always confident and know that as long as we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. For we live by faith, not by sight. We are confident, I say, and would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So we make it our goal to please him whether we are at home in the body or away from it. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each of us may receive what is due us for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad.
0: Therefore, we are always confident. The presence of the Holy Spirit of Paul's life gave him, just gave him a confidence. Uh, it assured him that God was at work with him then and will continue his work later. Uh, If you can't say that you're confident, then ask God for a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit in your life. For if we walk by faith, not by sight, right now in the presence of God, uh, the presence of God is a matter of faith. We're at home in the body, so there's a sense that we are absent from the Lord, at least in the sense of His, like, immediate, glorious presence. So we walk by faith, not by sight. It's one of the greatest and most difficult principles to live by. Um, It must amaze the angels that we live for, serve, and are willing to die for a God that we have never seen. Yet we love him and live for him, living by faith, not by sight. Uh, The day will come when we will no longer be absent from the Lord. In the sense that Paul means it here on that day, we will not have to walk by faith but we will see the glory and presence of God in sight. Uh, This text deals with a question uh, on the minds of of many, what happens to believers when they die? We leave our these bodies, we're resurrected to new bodies, and we're with the Lord. Plainly speaking, to be absent from the body means that we're going to be present with, with, with God. So when we die, do we, do we go to heaven immediately, or do we wait till the end of time, to the great trumpet blast, and we're all—say again? Goes immediately? I hope so. That, that's, that's the camp that I go on, but you could read Scripture and kind of land on both sides of it. Uh, when Jesus was hanging up there on the cross, he looked at the, at the thief and said, I tell you the truth, this day you will be with me in paradise. Here's the trick. There, we don't know where that comma is. There, there's no punctuation in the original. So did Jesus say, I tell you the truth this day, you will be with me in paradise. Or is it, I tell you the truth, this day you will be with me in paradise. He should have phrased it differently. Then we knew the answer. But uh, uh, yeah, my hope, my hope is uh, immediate. Uh, Oops, microphone. Uh, for some though, uh, when you die, you fall, uh, you you fall asleep, and you don't know what happens while you're asleep. Uh, and so even if it is the end of time, it's not like you're just hanging out waiting. Uh, close your eyes in death. You're in heaven.
3: Why would Jesus have to say, I tell you the truth, if he never lied?
0: It's just just the way they did it. I'm not pulling your chain. I'm not. <laughs> what are some of the ways he could have said it? Yeah. Nope. There's a couple places that Jesus says that. I tell you, verily I say unto thee, or verily I tell you the truth. Uh, there's a few places where where He said it like that, and maybe he saw the doubt in their eyes. We all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. luckily Christ is a god is a, is, is, is a, is a god of mercy. When we pass from these bodies to the world beyond, we give an account to what was done, good or bad within these bodies uh, the The phrase "judgment seat in a single word in the ancient greek um, it actually tells us something in the Roman world. Uh, so the Romans are all around, and the Romans rule, rule, the, uh, rule the area. And there was a tribunal seat, a, a seat of judgment, where, where the governor or the judge or the appointed uh, Roman could dish out justice, punishment, mercy. And it was it was not something to mess with. You didn't. You didn't mess with the bench, if you will. Uh, even even now, I, I, <laughs> I think I treat my kids, uh, teach my kids how to respect other people. But uh, have you ever been in a courtroom? And like there, you you don't cross that bar. Uh, I was tw- twenty five years old. I was in seminary, uh, but for a summer, I lived part of a summer up at a uh, Indian reservation. Uh, li- living in a tent in some guy's backyard. Uh, I had to learn a different culture part of my studies and I chose that one and so I lived in a tent in the backyard uh, had the outhouse over there and sweat lodge was over here but uh, the uh, the courthouse was just down the street and I had to go to the courthouse to to, to watch some things again part of class and I walk in with, with my t-shirt and I got my ball cap and and uh, I'm waiting for uh, for the trial. I don't know who's up there at all, uh, but I had to be there. And uh, the judge comes in. All rise. All right, you rise. You don't. You get in trouble if you don't rise. And the bailiff uh, looked over at me and looked at the judge, and the judge pointed his finger at me. And I'm like, guess what? Guess what? I forgot to do. Take my hand off. Yeah. About got kicked out of. Uh, respect. You respect the seat. Uh, we'll all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. We respect uh, that seat. Uh, what will be judged? Uh, first, what what we have done will be judged, and then our motives for what we have done will be judged according to what was done, whether good or bad. Does it scare you to stand before a judgment seat? I don't know. Hopefully hopefully we can go with clear hearts and clear conscience. Not with pride in ourselves, but <laughs> here I am, the good, the bad and the ugly. I did my I did my best. Please forgive.
1: If we've been forgiven and we believe in Christ,
2: we shouldn't worry about that, right? That ticket has been Because it's already been taken care of. We've oh. been forgiven.
0: Yeah. All right, verses 11 through 15.
2: Okay, the ministry of reconciliation. Since then we know what it is to fear the Lord, we try to persuade others. What we are is plain to God, and I hope it is also plain to your conscience. We are not trying to commend ourselves to you again, but are giving you an opportunity to take pride in us so that you can answer those who take pride in what is seen rather than what is in the heart.
0: King James actually calls it terror, terror of the Lord. We know that apart from Jesus, uh, we are we are the righteous targets of the terror of the Lord. Uh, we perse- what is what is what is the terror of the Lord? What is the? Why should we fear the Lord? Anybody respect their parents? Anybody fear their parents? hopefully just not like this Mm -hmm.
1: to to not do what I had witnessed older siblings do (laughs) (laughs) I mean I learned from my older siblings that they got punished for things that they did it wasn't that I was the perfect child I was afraid to not be good (laughs) and some days I wasn't that good
0: I was mostly afraid of not living up to expectations. That's. I wasn't afraid of the beatings, <laughs> which didn't really. Yeah. My my kids asked, "Dad, you keep talking about a woodshed. What's a woodshed?" So, so in the olden days, there was a woodshed, and there was a belt hanging up by the door. <laughs> Bootstress. uh my uncle my uncle at every every sunday after church he knew he was going to get a beaten because he, he would not he would he would act up in church and that was mm. uh it, at at our church we had pews and uh if we were kind of acting up my dad would put his, his like uh, his hand on our knees on our legs and just squeeze and that was enough later on we went to a church that had chairs and he couldn't do that anymore so that was nice cuz in this was out of out of out of view. Yeah. Well hopefully hopefully we're not hopefully we're not scared of the Lord. But hopefully we respect him enough to know that you know, he's God. He he made everything and our life is in his hands. So don't we, we're not to take him too lightly either. Uh, we persuade people. This should be at the heart of everyone who presents the gospel, whether in the pulpit or anywhere else. We are—we our, our our job is to, uh, look, hey, look at the light within me, look at the light within you, and we pray that that light is is infectious. Our conscience—do we commend ourselves again, Paul? Paul must have low self-esteem because everywhere in in First and Second Corinthians, he's talking about: Are we commending ourselves? was Paul just bragging or was he just trying to glorify himself and i don't think so i think he glory even though he glorified in his weakness his trials and his struggles he, he doesn't come off as bragging but instead of by telling of his weakness and his trials and his struggles he says T- take heart this is worth it this christian walk is worth all this stuff that we're going through i'm not doing this for the money I'm not doing this for the fame. Because at that time, there there wasn't any. Uh, Paul had no idea that we'd be remembering him 2,000 years later. Uh, Paul's kind of easy speaking a little bit with irony. The Corinthian Christians were not interested in glorifying uh, in, in Paul or seeing anything good out of his trials. They thought his trials said, you must be a really bad apostle for all this stuff to happen to you. A little bit like Job You know, if God was on your side, it don't look like it. Uh, Well, chance and fate happened to us all. And Paul Paul gave them the answer, um, gave them something to answer those who thought that way. What do you glory in? Do you glory in your appearance? Guess what? It's just a tent. Do you glory in your accomplishments? Guess what? Someday no one's going to care. Focus on the things that matter. Uh, are we out of our mind? <laughs> are we beside ourselves? I think King James says. Uh, some probably thought Paul was crazy because he seemed content with his life of pain, trials, and discomfort. Um, being accused of being beside himself, Paul's in good company. Uh, Jesus was also accused several times of being out of his mind. Paul doesn't want the Corinthian Christians to think he's deliberately acting in a way that some people might think crazy just for the act of being crazy. But what he's doing is he's trying to do it for good. Paul is motivated, even pushed on, by the love of Christ. Because I have the love of Christ, I don't want this world to fail. I don't want people to, to die without having a chance to know. I don't want people to be lost. And if there's someone in my life who says, you know what, I'm not going to, I don't, I, I don't want to give the gospel to them. Another way of saying that, and it's not swearing in this case, to hell with them. If I don't want to offer up everlasting life, I'm kind of going the other way, aren't I? Yeah. So that's one of my motivations for, for, uh, for being a preacher, I guess. Uh, What does it mean to live no longer for themselves but for Him? Um, It doesn't mean that we can say, I won't love or serve anyone else but God. Our goal is you could live this life and you can enjoy it. You can still have friends and family and all that. uh, But we live for God. And by living for God, it means we also love and serve those around us. So I can live for that of 16 to the end.
3: So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here, and all this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ God made him who has no sin to be a sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God.
0: Even those who knew Jesus in the flesh found a new relationship with him through the Holy Spirit, and that was far more rewarding. I wonder if some of the disciples, when they... like I, I, I knew Jesus when he was, when he was just that. I knew, or, or or the I, I remember Jesus when he grew up in my own town look at look at what he'd become um, I, I i got a I got a buddy i say buddy a acquaintance that I knew as a kid, and we were on a first name basis, and now it's mr now, now he's reached a level in in uh, a certain level in society where it's all right there's a little bit of separation and i I know him a little little differently. <laughs> Uh, you just can't go up to the governor and say, "Hey, like that," right? Yeah. Um, the old is gone; the new is here. And uh, how would you how would you define reconciliation? That's a big, churchy kind of word.
2: Reconciliation.
0: As if I'd never sinned.
2: Yeah. Or is that sanctification? Something, I, I know there's a saying for one of those. Am I anywhere in the ballpark? Sanctific- <laughs>
0: sanctification is more close to that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, if you reconcile a checkbook, what does that mean? Making a balance. Or making this and this. Line up. Line up. Reconciliation. Line Balance, lining up. Um, if you and your spouse were fighting, but now you are reconciled, come together. Come yeah. But there's no separation. There's no, uh, and we are we are. Christ reconciles us to God. See, Jesus, Jesus is. You know, they were looking for a Messiah. They were looking for someone to save them from the Romans. Let's get our own nation. But everything in Jewish life is based around sin. By God, we got the Ten Commandments. And I just broke the third one by saying that. Right? Everything, thou shalt not, thou shalt not. Here are the rules. And here's, and and, and all the offerings. You have to present a sin offering. Uh, What do you do at Yom Kippur? Sin offering. What do you do at Hanukkah? There's a sin offering. What do you do at at, uh, Pentecost? Sin uh, offering. They're steeped in sin. Uh, And everything is, God is holy and we are not. Moses, take your sandals off. Holy ground. Uh, You're not worthy. That's that's the whole kit and caboodle. How do you fix sin? And Jesus is the answer to that question, He's the only answer. Hanging on the cross, something spiritual happened where God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Uh, Sinless Jesus, sinful humanity, and for a moment it switched. All the sin of the world is put on Christ. Matter of fact, there are some who think that uh, Jesus on the cross, when he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? God couldn't look at Christ at that moment because Christ carried sin and God doesn't do that. But he took the sin of humanity away. Now, we still have, you know, we, we still live in a life of sin, but Christ makes us whole, reconciled with God. And hopefully from the inside out, they tried it from the outside in. They tried it with laws. And I don't know if, if, if you know this, but if I give my kids rules, they might follow the rules. But I want them to own it in the heart. Where they want to follow the rules just because, not because they're rules, but because this is the best way to live. Oh, you better watch out. You better not cry. You better not pout. I'm telling you why. Santa Claus? Uh, I'm trying to think what's the line. Um, He knows if you've been better good, so be. Well, which one is it? Are we supposed to be good because we get treats, or are we just supposed to be good for goodness sake? For goodness sake. Does Christ want us to be good for rule's sake or for goodness sake? For righteousness, goodness. Goodness. So that we might become the righteousness of God. That's the hope. That's the transformation. That's the changed life.
3: I'm sitting here thinking every morning I have a conversation with the Lord. He talks to me, I talk to him. He talks to me, I talk to him. We do that almost every single morning. But there was a time in my life that we were totally separated from each other. And I didn't talk to him, and I didn't listen to him, even if he was talking to me. But today, that's different. That's been reconciled. Yeah.
0: We are two and a half weeks, believe it or not, two and a half weeks away from Ash Wednesday. Valentine's Day. Uh, We won't have an evening service, but we'll have three opportunities uh, to come in to receive ashes. I'll lead a devotional in the sanctuary. Maybe a song on the guitar and then imposition of the ashes. Uh, th- you have three times to come in. Uh, you don't have to come to all three. Please don't. Uh, but uh, w- once at 7 in the morning, 12.30 uh, lunchtime, and 5.30 uh, for those coming home from work. Uh, we don't want to take up your Valentine's Day night. If you've got a sweetie that you're going out to eat with, uh, but you'll have a chance three times to get to get the ashes. The Christian life is backwards. We always think that life leads to death. Uh-uh. death leads to life, and that's what we do at Easter. Uh, start with death. Start with ash. Head head to the go through the empty tomb, and find resurrection. Uh, if If anyone wants to help put away some tables and chairs, Richard is gone today. We'd appreciate that. And we will see you next week, if not on Sunday. God bless.